Hey y'all, Evan here. Got a lot more Vanishing Postcards coming your way this season, and am excited to release a really fun new episode next week. But as a special bonus treat today, I'm doing something I've never done before, and I'm sharing a portion of a conversation I recently had with my pal Will Daly. Now, in addition to being an accomplished award-winning indie artist, Will is the host and creator of an excellent new podcast called Sound of Our Town, which is something of an immersive travelogue that introduces listeners to historic venues and secret spots in different cities around our nation. Now, I shared a preview episode of the show last month, but as a fellow traveler and kindred spirit in the podcasting space, believe that if you've been enjoying this ride of ours called Vanishing Postcards, his is a name you should know. So... Without further ado, here's Will Daly. This is where my brother is buried. This is where my mother grew up. This is where we Learn to be faithful to the land that took care of us. This is where my I'm a Massachusetts boy, and I had one parent in one town and another parent in the other town for most of my life. And it's always north of Boston, uh, in between New Hampshire and Boston. And both parents moved around a bit, so I, I got a good taste of that part of the state. And, uh, and I... Um, it was. I remember one town where I went to high school. It was called Andover, Massachusetts, and it was a sports town. And there was no way I could hit a baseball to save my life. And I, I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't catch anything. I couldn't throw anything well. I couldn't hit anything. So uh, thankfully, I found a guitar. Since finding that guitar, Will Daly has shared stages with Eddie Vedder, collaborated with the likes of T-Bone Burnett, and appeared alongside Willie Nelson, Neil Young, and John Mellencamp at Farm Aid. In fact, as I share this episode, he's currently touring France, and being no stranger to the road has come to the determination that every town has a story and a soundtrack. And while his music borrows from many influences, he tells me that despite his travels, Boston is not only home, but the town that shaped his artistry. Well, I mean, Boston has a big indie rock history. It also has, you know, Jay Giles. There is just this grit in town though. And I just feel like Boston has this inferiority complex because it's so close in proximity to New York and it thinks it's the other big city in the Northeast. And it's really not, it's really, it's really tiny. Um, but it does have a ton of personality, a ton of history. Everyone knows it around the world. And it's, you know, one of the first cities that America had. So it, it gets stuck trying to figure out where it fits in the, in the size chart of America. And some of the artists just have this chip on their shoulder about that. It, 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 is, it is a foolish mistake to run a professional artist uh, music career out of Boston. And I, I'm, I can fully attest to that. But um, it also develops a skill set that you can't get anywhere else, I think. 
But I know you say it's insane to pursue a career as a musician in Boston, but that's something that you've done. You have a dizzying list of credits. Uh, but obviously, podcasting is different than, than songwriting. And what inspired you to create Sound of Our Town? And how did this all come together? That's it's an interesting story because I was approached by my friend Jake Brennan, who started Disgraceland, and he's from Boston. And he approached me in 2019 about this idea where I just talk about travel and music, some of my experiences. And it was just a loose idea. And he had this name, Sound of Our Town. And he's like, I don't know what to do with it, but it just seems like a name in a podcast that would work. And I thought about it for a minute and I thought this could be something where I, I can stretch uh, my abilities. And believe me, I'm stretching my abilities, but I am really advocating for the soil in which I spring from. And it's tough out there. I had two, two episodes in the can before um, the pandemic hit and was building out the show and what it would be. And then it was just, even the work was kind of useless because so much changed. And even the, the calling to what this show is about changed. And I believe with everything that we have going on now, it's, it's an important show. Also, I'm, I'm a lifer. I've been through every kind of up and down that you can have in this industry multiple times. And there's no turning back for me now. It's too late. <laughs> I can't save myself. And there's a lot to mine from that. And I think doing this show has helped me realize that my choices in life have been okay and that I'm not insane. Mm. And that in fact, it's important work. Mm. And that we, the, the measurements we put on art are all false. We only have the moment. And I would also argue, and I'll start arguing more in the, in the show that the measurements and even recorded music, as wonderful as it is, has nothing on live music. Live music is ancient and recorded music is about a hundred years old. So in, in doing Sound of Our Town, I'm really trying to celebrate and reestablish how important that is for all of us. Not, not for me and my livelihood, but for our connection with each other, which feels severed and, and toxic right now, everywhere we go. And for those who've yet to hear it, how would you describe Sound of Our Town? Well, it's it's travel and music mixed together. But it's really about that these arenas that we have to be together and have this art form of music that has been with us since the dawn of time and learn to not just be around each other, but celebrate being around each other. It, you know, and it's about the music and the culture and the history and the sounds that have happened in the town that we're studying in each show and that are going to happen in the places you can go and a way to enjoy yourself. I think of it as a living brochure. Hmm. I want the show to be something that you listen to and you don't think, you know, you don't need to take it all in uh, on a first listen, but you can be drawn into that city and then send it to a friend who's going there or plan to go there yourself and listen again uh, right before you arrive. Will draws listeners in by weaving musical history, facts, and stories into a cohesive tapestry that's 
ultimately a valentine to each city he visits. And to give you a quick taste, here's a sample of his ode to Houston, Texas. Houston was founded in 1836 on a hot and muddy land near the banks of Buffalo Bayou, now known as Allen's Landing. The location on this slow as molasses waterway winding way down towards the Gulf of Mexico made it a hub for transportation and trade. However, water wasn't Houston's only profitable liquid. Just underfoot was a whole lot of that bubbling kinetic dinosaur juice that we choke on and that makes the world go round. Crude oil, about 500 million years worth, was waiting underneath, ready to get tapped like a keg. And when it was, that black gold created the gravity of a black hole. And with the oil shooting skyward, this Texas boom and its electric promise of opportunity drew the people towards Houston with the burning intensity of a celestial object, stories and song in tow. 44,000 black Americans migrating out of the South, Mexican Americans and Asian Americans all rolled into Houston with their music, their faith and their food, transforming it from a trade post mud pit into the fourth largest and one of the most culturally diverse cities in America. On any night in Houston, you can hear the sounds of this distinctly American musical tapestry emanating from every ward in the city. Blues, Cajun, Zydeco, country, hip-hop, Tejano, folk, it's all equally at home in H-Town. And speaking of celestial objects, is it any coincidence that NASA's headquarters to explore the final frontier is located in Houston, Texas, the frontier state? Ground control is telling Major Tom, I think not. Folks got to calling Houston the Manhattan of the South, which is quite interesting because Houston actually has more concentrated seating for performing arts than anywhere else in the country, with the exception of, you guessed it, Broadway. Seats where you can and or could have seen the likes of Destiny's Child, Lyle Lovett, Wynn Butler, Clint Black, ZZ Top, Chameleon, Lightning Hopkins, Hillary Duff, Steve Earle, Solange Knowles, Rodney Crowell, Lizza, Clifton Chenier, Megan Thee Stallion, Kenny Rogers, Kelly Rowland, Chris Whit, Barbara Mandrell, Vince Bell, Gangstar, Robert Glasper, DJ Screw, Scarface, Ghetto Boy, Casey Musgrave, Zero, Slim Thug, Krungbin, Tobey Nwigwe, Hayes Carr, Robert Earl King, and Beyonce. Can, can you also maybe talk a little about how you choose the cities to feature? So I chose cities where I had a real close, intimate relationship with that's recent, like Chicago, Asbury Park, Portland, um, and stuff like that. And then ones that, all right, I haven't been in a while, but I know it. And so I, I had a balance of really knowing and having an intimacy, but also searching myself and, and getting reintroduced to so I could be there with the listener. And... Um, I wasn't around for these times, but my mentors that I have were where they say, you know, if you if you blew up in Milwaukee and you started pulling 500 people to a club, all the labels in New York and L.A. knew about it because there was the micro businesses in each of these places and in the 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 magazines and the journals and, and the independent blogs and stuff like that. And a lot of that is having a finding finding it hard right now to survive because we are you know in our in our handheld theaters right now watching the world instead of in rooms as much as we used to be and if we don't have thriving scenes and thriving businesses in all these other cities then we all, we all suffer all the other businesses suffer the real estate value suffers the restaurants suffer if you do not have adequate and exciting live music and i think awareness is the first thing to 
first thing we can develop and strengthen to uh, make sure that we're always caring for those places. So Houston, star date, I, I don't know, but here on earth it's 1952. Big Mama Thornton is recording a little song called Hound Dog, a lewd double entendre masterpiece about throwing a gigolo out of her house. It sold half a million copies and spent 14 weeks topping the R&B charts. Not bad. Four years later though, a singer on the ups named Elvis made his own version to Jairi too. And the screaming began. Riots ensued. Such is the power of a song. This is the moment R&B and the blues cross-pollinate a different groove, thus declaring rock and roll's arrival. Talk about gravity. The song was the epicenter of a new universe. Also in the 1950s, in the fifth ward of Houston, Clifton Chenier, one of the many Louisianians who had migrated to the Bayou City from New Orleans, who was on to a new sound, combining French Creole music with R&B stylings. They called it Zydeco, and he became its king. And then there's Sugar Hill Studios, the oldest continuously operating studio in the United States. It has helped launch the careers of Lightning Hopkins, The Big Bopper, Destiny's Child, George Jones, and Freddie Fender, and also, Beyonce, maybe you've heard of her. But there's more. In the sprawl of Houston, there's plenty of room for the folk singer-songwriter scene, which played a pivotal stop on the journey for musicians building their chops and moving on to experience the bright lights of Nashville, including Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, Willie Nelson, Lucinda Williams, Lyle Lovett, Nancy Griffith. I mean, if it's capturing Steve Earle and holding the heart of Beyonce, then you've also felt the orbital pull of Houston, Texas. But what do you hope listeners will get through listening to Sound of Our Town? Um, I hope there's some rekindling going on of feelings of wanting to go to that new space, that new city, um, or the place that you're in, and you think, you know what, I'm not digging in deep enough. I feel the same, you know, about your podcast. You know, just we're not we're not digging in deep enough into um, all that we have, all that we've done in all that we're doing and in all these little rooms and big rooms we, we talk about a lot of the big the big spaces is um a life or another person or a friend or a community that you don't understand it can happen in a dive bar where there's two-stepping going on it can happen at a basement club where there's dance music going on that's being formed in a whole movement that will one day take over the world like it did in chicago and if you get one night in one of those places that you're not used to, that's not some giant ticket you bought to an artist that you know is safe to go to because you know their catalog, which are wonderful shows to go to. I do it all the time. But to think, hey, that's where um, there's some great country music there. That's a folk club, and I've never been to a folk club. Or that's just a dive bar, and guys go in there to jam, and it can be a mess. To spend some time out of your own element, shell, safe space, whatever you want to call it, um, and engage, it's a, it's a special kind of elixir. You know, say like um, decades in the future, after you've left this earth, someone hears a Will Daily song and they want to commune with your spirit or get a sense of you, where should they go to look? That's a great question. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll answer it this way. There's almost no place to go look. 
because you had to be there. <laughs> the song, even the recorded song, is like a ticket to dive in more and go to the show. And I think we're going to have great library catalogs of videos and live concerts of all kinds of artists forever. But being there is you can't you can't replace it. And I think everyone's seen that concert video on their phone that a friend is at. And it looks cool. It looks like there's a lot of people there, but it'll never sound and feel the way it does to be there. And I think somewhere in the future, maybe they'll see my story of being this kind of DIY artist who had all these cool little adventures, made a podcast and did all this stuff. And maybe they'll dig deeper in the catalog and find songs they connect with. And that's wonderful. But uh, right now, we're all here right now. And we get to be together and enjoy our time together. And you can't revisit that. I'm excited to keep celebrating this, this practice. Like I said, it's, it's one of the oldest human practices we have is performing in live music with each other. I learned to dance from a girl who could dance far better than I could even breathe. I learned to fight from an old man who could fight Chase the dogs from the night with never having a swing. All that I wanted was all in my mind. And all that I need is to see. Find and follow Sound of Our Town wherever you listen. I now leave you with Will and his song, Higher Education. I learned to crash from a friend who could crash, stop the world in its tracks beneath his feet. And I learned to be kind by trying hard to find it when fear often comes most easily. It's the love that I find
that's gonna ease the sting. 